Well spunked. Have you not been hearing me? Oh man, the goon! Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Sorry the neurons aren't firing today. Yes, it is. Exactly. Cleanses the palate with zombies. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. Did I just have a stroke? That's a valuable misprint, sir. I've been buying hardcovers on it because just about every hardcover trade is around 30 bucks. It's 25 or 30 bucks. So I walk in there, I drop 13 bucks, I pay tax, and I get a hardcover. And that's what I did with Powers. I bought the first Powers hardcover for 30 bucks off of Groupon. I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm, I'm about halfway through the hardcover. It's, it's interesting. It gets better. Uh, oh, yeah. I understand that. That's true of anything. I've said, I've heard the same thing about Mice Templar because I'm in the middle of the first hardcover of Mice Templar as well, and I've heard that that's it, there's a lot of setup, and then the second arc is where it actually gets really really good. Um, but the the thing that I kind of wanted to to bring up because of the, I'm reading those two is they're both illustrated by Michael Avon Emming, and I really 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 like his art style for Mice Templar, and I really don't like it for Powers. Really? I really don't. I like, think I don't think it fits. It doesn't it doesn't and, and this is somebody who I've never read Powers. I know it's been out for five years or something like six, six? years. Um I'm coming into it brand new and I don't th- I don't think his art style works. Really? I, I really Why don't not? I don't know. It's something it's he can okay, I'll, it's I will very give you, minimalist for one. He can give you a miss if the, the like for lack of a better term, the camera isn't right. Like, if it's not showing the right viewpoint, his style does not lend well. It doesn't give anything. However, I'm not normally an art guy, but I really appreciate the simplicity of his stuff. You can look at a picture, and 99 times out of 100, you know exactly what's going on without, like, superfluous detail. Yes, I I agree. And it's not the detail that I have a problem with, because... uh, It's just the style. And it's it's something something about it. It feels a little... It feels a little animated series to me I, and you know honestly i think that's what he was going for though he was trying to possible. go for what is it the bruce Timms style is that what yeah. It's yeah, yeah 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 i think he was going for that because it was supposed to go on with like uh a brat a batman animated series i mean that's hmm. the the animation style or the art style that he was going for but then it also has a, a little harder edge too sure yeah and i i think that's what he was going for some kind of noirish look in that, but it's surprisingly different from his style in Mice Templar too. Um, his Mice Templar style is, is it's a little more detailed. There, there's more detail to it, and, and just the way that he draws stuff, it doesn't okay. seem like it's the same kind of uh, kind of artwork. But uh, I don't know if I, I'll probably get ragged on for it, but it just doesn't work for me for some reason. The writing, however, I, I've always been a big file, fan, fan of Bendis, like. Everything I've read by him, I've enjoyed. He's he's very pulpy, right? He he's very much like a he he kind of knows how to how to hit the the popular style, and he he he's his action beats are are nice, and his dialogue's really good. Um, kind of the opposite end of the spectrum from Neil Gaiman, uh, and I enjoy his writing. Uh, which makes up for the artwork. I, like I can deal. The artwork's not bad, right? Mm. I don't dislike it. I, I'm not. I'm. It's not bad enough to make me put the book down. I have a thought about why you might not like the style. Hmm. Um, 
I probably like it for the exact same reasons that you would dislike it. But since it's such like a noir and dark and generally realistic in that, you know, it could exist in the real world view on superheroes and the superhero universe. I wonder if you are looking for a more realistic style to go for realistic subject matter. But at the same time, when I imagine it, like if I imagine that series being drawn by like Dave Gibbons, it wouldn't be the same at all. It would just fail boat. I don't, it would take itself too seriously. I think the, the iconic and very like, comic-y style is important maybe that's what i need to think about is who i would prefer right because right. I, I i don't know if there's anybody that i would prefer because like like i i don't i don't think somebody with a similar art style but not really the same mike mignola i wouldn't mm. want mike mignola to be doing the art for this book either um mm. but and i i love mike mignola's art i'm a huge fan but I got to I got to mention this before I forget about it. I was reading the first trade and this has nothing to do with the artist or the writer or anybody else it has to do everybody everything with the people who design and assemble the actual hardcover. There was a page I've only run into one so far but it's there's others that have been close where It was cut. No, it wasn't cut. It was slightly. There was a two-page layout. It was a mm-hmm. full layout that crossed two pages. And there was dialogue in a panel in the middle that was so deep in the spine I couldn't read it. Lame. And that's so aggravating. I like I'm I literally tr- like tried to get something and I like pulled on it and so I could not get it and it was just buried in the spine of that book and it so, pissed me so off. So can I can I say something? That's the difference between trade paperbacks and single issues, right? Or the what what is it called when you buy them in the store? Single issue. Single issue, okay. Yeah. Where the single issue has ads and you're able to open it up and it lays flat. Mm-hmm. Where in the trade back, paperback, especially like absolutes or whatever, they're thickly bound motherfuckers. Yeah. And so when you open them up, sometimes you get lost in those creases where in a, in a single issue, they'll have an ad there where something was kind of stops the flow and then you flip it over and then there's a beat. Like yeah. I, I remember there was one... I was reading where there was a magazine and it stopped and then I flipped the cover and then somebody's head got exploded. And I was like, oh, okay. That's where something, if you were in a trade paperback, you would see that beforehand and kind of give yeah. it away. Where in a single issue, you wouldn't. And, and that's the drawback. That's also a matter of the people who are designing the page layouts for, or, or designing the 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 hardcover or the trade, right? Mm-hmm. Because I have seen trades that have the similar things to what you're talking about where mm-hmm. they'll go ahead and just leave a page blank, right? Mm-hmm. They'll put a blank black page and then when you flip it over you have that same beat because it was designed that way it's not often but i've seen it okay and i've also seen ones where it's designed so that there is um probably a quarter inch or a half inch of uh excess of excess dead space near the spine so that no matter so that when you open it up in the trade you get to see everything yeah um this was not the case with the "Quote unquote definitive hardcover for powers that and that upsets me a little. I'm hoping there's not much more that I'm going to miss, but that was something that bothered me. I can't bit. think of it happening. I, I think I know the point you're talking about in the first just, volume, but just other break than that, the binding. What, yeah, just problem? you know, like lay it back, just tear lay, the pages yeah. out. No, no, no don't even do that. All you have to do is like you know, if you're having a problem with that page, just set it on the ground, open it up, and just start stepping on it as hard <laughs> as possible. <laughs> I mean, you will have succeeded Honestly, when you hear that pop noise. Oh, okay, that pop okay. noise means you win. Yeah, it's okay. just a comic book. Come I got a bandsaw in my garage. I can just take care of this. Oh, just take the back <laughs> off completely? That's a fantastic idea. Um, one thing that I, like, the only time that I've ever had a problem with a hardback was when it was at the press, 
it got folded incorrectly. Oh. So it cut off about maybe three inches from the lower right-hand wow. corner of the page. <laughs> Not like straight across, but at a 45-degree angle. So like the last <laughs> panel in the lower right-hand side, or lower left-hand side, depending on which side of the page you're looking at, was gone. And it was like, you know, 45% of it just gone. That's a valuable misprint, sir. <laughs> he's, he's got a point. <sighs> God. So much rage towards yeah. that voice right now. You know, okay, so... A funny thing how you brought up like the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe. My friend of mine is reading the crossover of Avengers, uh, Avengers JLA. Yeah. Uh, they, did, they did a crossover of that. Okay. When but did that happen? Uh, back in the mid-90s. Mid-90s. Oh, okay. Uh, I should have okay. known. So, crossover in the mid-90s. So they probably had foil covers fun, and lenticular holograms, too. Though. So they were looking for different artifacts in each of the different universes. And when DC characters came over to the Marvel Universe, they said, well, you know, there's no heroes here because they treat all their heroes like, like shit. Because you look at the X-Men, they're always getting persecuted. Um, Punisher is, you know, a vigilante. They, there is no, like, outstanding character like Superman. Even the Avengers get taken over by Hammer or whatever, so they don't get paid the proper respect like they do in the DC universe, mm -hmm. where everybody's, they're, they're hero worship. You know, they make statues of, they have a big, a, <laughs> a, like a big, what, a big building that is just for yeah no but they have a big building just for the justice league you know where those people are housed and they there's have no an office with desks yeah <laughs> but you know that's that's the difference between the the marvel universe and the dc universe is that these guys are like worshipped in the dc universe but mm -hmm. in the marvel universe they're they're kind of normal people you know mm -hmm. or they get taken down to normal people level and i think that's the difference between the two maybe that's why i like marvel better yeah exactly it seems a little more real you know where where dc universe is you know you you want to see some guy who's like the epitome of a champion oh motherfucker i hate dc so much joel <laughs> so so much i'm sorry like you're making a totally valid point I but like I'm watching you speak, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just hearing you say Superman, Superman, no, no. Superman, Superman, Superman. Exactly. But that's why people go. That's why there's two different people: people that are Marvel people and, and people idiots. that are DC. Three <laughs> different <laughs> people. Damn it! And I am three. Oh, what's other. the third person? I read online comics, and I don't really give a shit about superhero comics. Okay, there you go. I guess there's a third person. We don't talk. Well, about yeah. Okay. I mean, no. I although okay, I have to pick. It's I'm kind of. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say that I've never knew that there was a difference between the two, you know. Um, and I'll, I'll just say that. So I'm sorry, Joel. I will try. Like, the next time you talk about DC, I will try as hard as humanly possible not to just explode with rage. Yeah. But I hate Superman so much that, like, even Batman has been ruined to a certain extent by yeah. just sheer association. Like, Batman and Robin, I'm reading. As soon as someone mentions Superman, he doesn't even have to show up in that book. As soon as someone <laughs> mentions Superman in that book, yeah. I'm ending it. From, I'm taking it off my pull box. It's yeah. like it'll be done. Okay. No. Best Superman moment ever for me was at the end of Kill Bill Two. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah. Where he's talking about how his favorite comic book hero is Superman because yeah. everyone else is a regular person that dresses up like something fantastic and Superman is dresses up as a person. regular person and that's his like commentary on people and how we suck. The DC heroes work great in, in a vacuum. Like Superman, if he's the only guy and he's the only superhero in that world, he's great. The story is awesome and 
when they play off that fact, it's awesome, especially the storylines that I've seen where they kind of play off of eventually, you know, he comes to Earth and he becomes a hero and he does all this cool stuff and then he lives there for years and years and years and then eventually he becomes kind of lonely, right? And that that kind of storyline is really cool. Batman is awesome when Metropolis is, he's the only person in Metropolis that's fighting crime. Or, sorry, Gotham City. I was talking about Superman a, a second a. ago. Whatever. Chicago, New York. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, and it's um, and it's fine when he's in he's in his own universe. Wonder Woman's the same thing. Green Lantern. Green Lantern just sucks no matter what you do. But <laughs> the problem is that all of these heroes got mixed into one giant universe, brought all of their villains with them, and then... Their 51 closest clones. Yeah, and then everything kind of fell apart, you know? Because you can't put Superman in a universe with other superheroes and actually have anything meaningful happen. Because he's he's just... he's. He's so powerful. He's yeah. so overpowerful. Yeah. And that that was the intent, right? And I get that. But that's like playing pretend with with the 5-year-olds and being like what do you want your your powers to be? And they're like everything. Yeah. Like, this is going to become a really sucky game really quickly, but yeah. you don't understand that yet. Did okay. I talk about them toning down Superman in the late 80s? Because he could no. sneeze and destroy the planet. <laughs> that was actual canon for Superman. So now going on that and you were saying with powers, you don't like that animation style. I think what Oming was going for was that Batman animation, right? Mm-hmm. And even though Superman and those DC characters are like super pure, you know, they are the uber person, the uber mensch mm-hmm. or whatever, in powers, they're not. Those are frail characters. They have their own kind of um, weaknesses and... They're completely buffeted by political forces. Yeah, exactly. And they're not, they're not worshipped like they are. And I think maybe that's what the... Maybe this yeah. is my conjecture. That's my commentary that they're trying to say that you know this is kind of the DC universe in a, in kind of like a real world setting, you okay. know, where they have where they have frailty. Yeah. So fill me in on the goon because this is one of those comics that I see around. It seems like it gets a lot of buzz. Like a lot of people like it, but I have no idea what it's about. I like it because it's really pulpy. Basically, you have a dude that was raised by carnies that got killed traumatically by a uh, like a mob boss. And who he comes back as a swamp thing. No, <laughs> I believe there. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, no, he just uh, kills the guy with a rock and then assumes his identity, like okay. you do. But uh, it, it's very, very pulpy, and uh-huh. I like a lot of very serious, plot-driven comics with over too much dialogue that yeah. are written by Neil Gaiman. But um, yeah, <laughs> uh, you are so lucky, Andy walked and, away at that moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, and the Goon is kind of the opposite of that, and it's kind of a, a fresh breath of air for me because it's yeah. not necessarily it's, what I read. It's, it's kind of like a survey cleanses the palate. Yes, that. it is yeah, exactly. exactly cleanses the you, palate with zombies. Yeah, so so it is it is a zombie book. Kind of. I okay. mean, that one of his quote supervillains is is a guy that's like a voodoo priest that raises zombies, and then he beats them with a lead pipe, like you do. Um. <laughs> of course. The, um, sure. Well, I I love zombies. I mean, they're they're of late they're getting a Big little fan. too. They're out. a little too dirty. Yeah. yeah. You know, just because you can do a crossover doesn't mean you should. Much like uh, the whole DC debacle, I recently saw. Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis, except instead of a cockroach, he turns into a cute little kitten. So it's like lolcats and metamorphosis. That's, it's that's terrible. Absurd. That's absurd. That's absurd. I know. I mean, there's all of this pride and prejudice and zombies and android Karenina crap rolling around the internet. And yeah. I think it's like the literary version of 
super bad superhero crossovers that were never meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some things just weren't meant to be. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have heard now on that subject, I have heard good things specifically only about Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And I mean to read it. I've heard I... that that one is actually good, but that some of the others are really terrible. Yeah. Um, and I, I, like you, I'm a big zombie fan. My, my marquee comic book that I read right now is Walking Dead. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and I've been, I've been reading it since for about four years, I think. Yeah. And I, I, picked it up in hardcover tr- I pick it up in hardcover trades and um that is I'm I'm still not caught up even to the trades I'm I'm on like Fair. hardcover number 5 right now out of 6 Yeah I'm a big I'm a big zombie fan if they do it right It's mm-hmm. and they did it right on And they mm-hmm. they very much did it right yeah. That comic is so fucking depressing yeah. like it's so depressing <laughs> and uh, it's any like, good, yeah. good zombie yeah. film should be or zombie well, I, story should be either really funny or really depressing yeah i think i think they they kind of set the tone when uh his can it can i spoil this that is when his spoiler alert when his wife gets killed yeah that's and that. that's don't forget the baby oh my that's God. where oh. i am that's I, that was the holy grail you cannot touch that like a pregnant woman and you did no i thought she was gonna you mean a newborn mother yeah she was carrying her baby oh, and got no, shot. I thought she was still. No, 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 no. She just given birth. Okay, I that is where that's where I am ago. right now. I am I am maybe half an issue past that. I'm in the the beginning of the fifth trade, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's depressing. The as fifth, well. uh, oh yeah, omnibus? fifth hardcover. Yeah, omnibus. No, no, not omnibus because the omnibuses are the really big ones. Uh, it's just the hardcover. Um, collections. Confusing. The hardcover <laughs> collections collect 12, 12 issues, issues each and the Omnibuy collect 24, 24 issues each. Um, and then, wait, no, because what's the 48 one? Because there's the giant like newsprint Uber 48. Book. There's like a... Maybe that's an Omnibus because the... I'm try- I think the big ones are Damn called... Damn you, Kirkman! Li- I think the big ones are called library editions. The Walking Dead library edition is the slip-cased 24 <laughs> issue... Yeah. Five hundred fucking dollar, like Shit. ridiculous. Yeah. Jesus Christ! A buddy of mine yeah. sold his that had an autograph in it for six fifty. Yeah, uh, that makes me a little bit sick. It makes me so happy because I'm like, he bought it for I think two hundred. Yeah, good God! I had a chance Emerald City two years ago to buy it for cover, and I didn't. I thought, God, one hundred twenty five bucks. I'm not so sure about that. And I walked away from it, and now it's five hundred bucks. You fool! Like, yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, zombie stuff is getting a little little overblown in general. Um, I liked World War Z, but I'm really afraid of them turning it into a movie, which they're in the process of. They were of. supposed to turn it into a movie like three years ago. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I know Brad Pitt brought the op- bought the options. He's <laughs> like, we're making this into a movie, and they had concept art and everything. And I hope it never happens, because a movie is the wrong medium for that. Yeah. No. If they're going to turn World War Z into anything, it should be a TV, show. A TV miniseries. Mm. Here, here was my, my proposal. Get the guys that did Band of Brothers mm. to come together and do a miniseries based on uh, a World War oh, Z, nice. where each episode is one of the vignettes based on somebody's individual story of zombie survival. That, I would love what, to see the retaking of the Paris sewers. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fantastic. The one that the one story that always stuck out to me in that book. I know we're diverging from comic books, but it's geek shit anyway. Yeah. Um, the one story that always stuck out to me was the one of the. Uh, I want to say she was a fighter pilot, 
and she was mm. in the mm-hmm. in the swamps in like Florida. Yeah. yeah, and like the whole stories about her like getting getting out and finally getting up to a place where she could get saved. That one was my favorite of of all the ones in that book. And that was good. Um, pair of sewers though that just screams fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, like it really does. you know thousand year old catacombs that you're climbing, you know climbing through. It's pitch black. There's water waist deep. No, that's uh-uh. Mm. That's the point. I'm like, you know what? The zombies can have the sewers. <laughs> no we'll shit. We'll just bathe right? over everything. We'll put it all our piping above stinks ground. Anyway, who cares? Yeah, just you know, that's cool. You can sit down there. No big deal. Yeah. My toilet gets clogged. Nah. I move to a new house. <laughs> <laughs> Do they still do Trek cons? Yes, they yes. still happen. They're small, but they still happen. Okay. I've been to two in my life, uh, both of which were pretty small. But uh, to a certain extent, it seems like that ship has set sail and gone off to distant lands. Brought back by the new movie to some degree, uh, but I can see that. Um, but yeah, they it it did for a while on purpose. Let's delve into another de- geek subject because. Uh, Brennan Braga and um, oh, what the fuck's the other douchebag's name? Guy that was like an executive producer on Star Trek: The Next Generation and drove the entire universe right into the fucking dirt as soon as Gene Roddenberry died, oh. and uh, that's why we have shit like Enterprise in, in the world. Deep Space Nine was the better of them. Are you kidding me? I never mm-hmm. watched it. Okay, of. There, there were four Next Generation series. There's Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. Enterprise is by far the worst, okay. followed closely by Voyager. Yep. Next Generation is good but has its faults, and of the four, Deep Space Nine was by far the best. I got to disagree. I got to put uh, – I think Deep Space Nine had a stronger overarching plot, but yes. I think that Next Generation is the, oh. the king of all Star Treks. Yeah. It had Q and Picard. Nerdfight! Yeah, exactly. Q was on Deep Space Nine. Q was on Deep Space Nine, and in fact, the best Q quote of all of Q's quotes came from his Deep Space Nine, when he fucking transports himself and uh, and and God damn, what's the fucking captain from Deep Space Nine's name? Do you remember Cisco? Cisco, Cisco. Thank you. Uh, they're they're in like a like a turn of the century boxing match, and fucking S- Cisco punches him, and he goes, "You hit me." Picard never hit me. <laughs> like, see, right. and you wouldn't have that unless no. you had the background with Picard. Fair I'm enough. Just saying. Just, no, right. no more Star Trek, Trek cred. Okay. Yep. Hey, okay. hey, you're a fucking comic book geek, sir. I'm picking up my mic to tell you to go fuck yourself when I start talking about Star Trek. <laughs> so, can I can you I okay? just say one more thing <laughs> on Star Trek, and then we can just let it. It's okay. It's okay, Andy. I. When Enterprise started, I thought, oh, it's got the Quantum Leak guy, you know, Bakula. It's good. It's got to be better than Janeway, right? And then, and then, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I just said it there. But, uh, and then, like, at, I guess there was, like, a season finale where it, and I watched it, and he was, like, in an alternate universe where he was emperor of the universe or something like that. And he had some, some consort that was driving him, and I was like, wait, what? Did I just have a stroke? <laughs> Is this really Star Trek? Because dream. yeah, exactly. And and I, that's when I knew when it jumped the shark. We, yeah, oh yeah, we still that, use that. Yes. it jumped the shark about halfway through the first season. But yeah, when nobody to, started to appease okay. Andy, we will get off the Star okay. Trek subject. If, uh, if you wanted to appease me, you would talk about the fight and then insert that music that was stuck in my head for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the eternal struggle between Kirk and Spock. I have another deeply important uh, 
<laughs> I'm sorry, distracted by <laughs> by him guzzling a bottle of basil Valentine's. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, did you know Seattle has its own superhero? Yes, I've heard of this guy. The, uh, yes. Was it Rainy City Justice League or something? No, like, no, he, his name is Phoenix Jones. No, 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 but he's part of. Oh, the, is he the, part of a league? Yeah, yeah. cool. Oh, I just heard he, about him. He was the one that initiated. Like he, he did it, and then a bunch of other people started uh, doing it, and then now that now they formed a league. Yeah, uh, like it's, seriously, it's real life kick ass is what it is. <laughs> yes. I, I really want to become a super villain now. I oh, really <laughs> you would to become a super. Be like, hey, hey, uh, hey, yo. get no, nah, actually, I'm not going to rag on the guy because he's doing good. So I, he's, he being dumb ab- he's being he dumb about people. it, but he's doing something so, good. So he's doing good except for the fact that I, I read an article about this, uh, which made some very good points about the fact that like superheroes, I'm not going to say superheroes because he doesn't have fucking superpowers, like heroes, costumed heroes in comic books. He's a vigilante. He's a vigilante. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not willing to give up his his real identity. Apparently right? there's a guy in Florida it's who like just goes around yeah. with his actual name doing super yeah, well. Wow. So that's fine, but this guy, Phoenix Jones, is not willing to give up his real identity. The problem that that causes is for police especially is that he will potentially stop somebody in the course of a crime. The police will catch this person and he's not willing to testify in court uh. against the person who he caught. Which is a problem, right? Because now the police are like, well, we grabbed this person, but we can't fucking do anything with them, right? We mm. we can catch them and we can put them in jail for 48 hours and then we can fucking release them because there's nothing we can do. Now, the the flip side of that is that he does actually stop crimes in progress. Somebody's trying to steal a car, he stops the guy from stealing the car. And then that, that's, that's a positive benefit. It's just a matter of like any kind of actual, you know, punishment against these people he doesn't actually doesn't actually happen I, d- I don't know i don't know what's better right because if it were me as a citizen hey my car didn't get stolen that's awesome that's more awesome than worrying about some jackass that tried to steal it in the first yeah. place right but it, it, it's i guess really i i would prefer that he is stopping people from committing crimes in the first place i mean that's just it depends on the crime to me and i think there's levels of it like if he catches a guy midway through raping somebody that fucker better get in court and testify against right period Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. but if he's catching somebody stealing a car or breaking into a fucking shop or something whatever whatever. if it's if it's just property damage fine but if it's actual like if it's actual like harming another person that but that fucker better just give up his his identity and go testify in court period now, if you want to continue on your whatever rant you were you had started on, what? Oh, about Millar? Yeah. Do no, dude, go nuts. Yeah. No, honestly, d- dude, we don't want to talk about Millar. Dude, he's hardcore. He's edgy. Oh my god, I'm trying <laughs> to remember what he wrote. Wanted, kick ass, yeah. Red Sun. Um, he did one. He, wrote the, he wrote the first few arcs of ultimate x-men too didn't he yeah he also wrote the second arc of the authority he wrote okay so the first arc of ultimate x-men was not bad like i I enjoy i enjoyed that that's fine but but i have not yet read kick-ass actually i i have i own it in hardcover but i have never actually sat down and read it i love it and i feel so guilty about it (laughs) how okay that's that's the thing actually a friend of mine was reading he's reading wildcats Right. 3.0? Yeah. Yeah. And Wildcats has a little girl that kind of has a foul mouth. Am am I wrong about this? You're wrong about this. (laughs) No, no. Honestly, 
there was there was some comic book so that wrong. my friend was reading. I know what you're talking about, and it's British. It's not Wildcats, and I cannot think. Okay, Hit Girl is based on another character from a previous comic that is not as well known. Yeah, that that Millar stole that too. That's the thing is that I'm starting to yeah, realize whatever. that Millar takes ideas from other people and then refines them. I don't know if he refines he them. Refines he just them. flips them. You think he refines them? Yeah. Um, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to make Batman, refine is a good word. Batman though. a bad guy. No, I, I, I think that that is totally wow. What? Uh, no, I'm just uh, <laughs> I, stop so breaking I, Andy's brain. I have this love hate relationship with him. Like, if you let Mark Millar do his own thing that has nothing to do with anyone else's continuity, it is brilliant. It is not necessarily the Hence most the first arc of Ultimate X Men because. It had nothing yeah, to do with any no straight continuity. continuity. But like, as soon like okay, so Old Man Logan is the best Wolverine story that has ever been written. Okay, uh, it is just wonderful. It takes place like forty years in the future in an alternate timeline that will never happen. It is sure. wonderful because you just like okay, Mark Millar, why don't you think of uh, something that's really cool? He's like okay, so the Venom symbiote is going to take over a T Rex and be running around. Las Vegas. <laughs> um, there's going to be a town based on where Thor was killed, where the impact radius of his hammer falling is. The Red Skull is the president of the United States. Like, what other wacky ideas can I come up with? And he makes them work within the context of their own worlds. Kickass is great as long as you do not take in, like, you just separate yourself, suspension of disbelief at full, and you just go with sure. it. Sure. As soon as he interacts Which with is why the movie was good, too, yeah. right? It's, it's like you, you, you kind of get to a point where you're like, uh, okay, I'm, I, I just have to let it go, and he, I'm good with this, you know? A, he cannot write within the confines of anyone else's rules, okay. like um, Authority Volume 2. It's okay. It's not terrible but it does not belong with the rest of the authority it's just you cut have to totally cut it out and be like he so it's like he's so he's a modern chris claremont yeah because that's that's my biggest problem with chris claremont is he, he he well chris claremont has multiple problems but he can't write in other people's rules he can't he opens up plot lines and never fucking closes them over and over and over and yeah. over again yeah. um he i i will always for the rest of my life, I will hold a grudge against Chris Claremont for the first. So he was a, he was a co-creator of Willow, and not the, the like the book, the movie Willow. He based was a co-creator on, of the character with George Lucas. Like, yeah, and okay. then isn't that based on a book? Yes. Okay. That he wrote that he and George Lucas wrote okay. together. That's what I was. Thinking. And then they wrote uh, ten years after the movie came out. Moves they wrote from? two sequels, and in the first sequel. In the first quarter of the book, he kills Mad Mardigan. And I will forever hold a grudge against him for that. I'm like, the only fucking reason I even was interested in this storyline was because of fucking Mad Mardigan and you kill his ass off. I, I kid you not, I bought that book. I got to that point and I sat there on the page where Mad Mardigan dies and I'm like, I just stared at it please for like me, 10 whoa, minutes. Please tell me not only did he die, but he died like an inglorious death, like he tripped no, down he some died, stairs. He, <laughs> <laughs> oh. he, no, he impaled he himself on his own I don't, even, I don't even remember how he died because I was staring at the book and I saw red and then I closed the book and I kid you not, I threw it in the fucking trash and I've never read the rest of those series. I was just like, I'm, I'm done. Like, so I saw red and huge, I huge grudge eyes, against, I was holding two halves of a book. <laughs> yeah, okay. Huge grudge against Chris Claremont. 
for many reasons. So, anyway, so I apologize. The reason, here's so. the reason why I hate Millar, right? So it's I was reading Wanted, read Ultimates, and I thought that was pretty good. That was Millar, right? Yeah. Ultimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. giant, giant man. Ultimates uh, 2? I think it was just Ultimates. I think he wrote Ultimates 1. It was him yeah. and Brian Hitch. Yeah. To, did, anyway, yeah. I don't know. So I have to look at so it. So anyway, so I'm reading Wanted. Great take where it's going from this perspective of the bad guys, right? Okay, I get it. And then as soon as the bad guys take over, then it really doesn't go anywhere. Uh, the story just kind of like falls apart and he doesn't mm-hmm. know how to end it. So then he it's kills like his dad. He's chasing cars. You know, he caught one and he didn't know what to do. <laughs> exactly. Okay, no. <laughs> Not, oh, God, no. that movie. Oh, but okay. Oh so, so then he couldn't figure out what to do. So he's like, well, okay, I'll go all Oedipal and, and kill my dad. And then I'm the bad guy. But the very end of it, when he's talking about, okay, um, you know, I used to be living this horrible life, uh, you know, in a cubicle and I broke out of it. And I could, and I think it was something to the effect of, and I didn't end up like you motherfucker that is reading this book right now. And it ends up with the character who looks like Eminem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> putting a middle finger at me and I was like you motherfucker what, do you remember what the line is mm-hmm. no this is the look on my face while I'm fucking you in the ass yes exactly uh, and that was like the willing joke suspension is- of disbelief out the window I don't yes. know yes yeah, they did the same thing with the movie too except the movie was worse in <laughs> every no. way Harry possible Morgan Freeman but say motherfucker is the funniest <laughs> most awkwardly painful so moment I, of my life I read, I read through the trade paperback right and it started out with a good premise everything was kind of cool the, the bad dice take the bad guys take over you know everything's great and then it just kind of all falls apart and i'm still trudging through this book because there's got to be something redeemable about it and at the end he flips me off with a eminem lookalike <laughs> motherfucker Negatory mark millar Batman. i'm done yeah i'm done ever since then and and i've noticed that ever since he has done any kind of book like that it's just been like some idea and he's just kind of flipped it over and sold it off as something did you read Old Man Logan? No, I haven't read Old Man Logan or Red Sun. And I would probably begrudgingly read through it. But Old Man Logan is the exception where it's not a story about the villains. And I, also the ending no. is wonderful. Cool. Well, no, Ultimates was not, wasn't about the villains either. It was just one of those things where he takes the premise. Like, uh, I think the next one is, you know what? I'll take America's superhero and then I'll make him Russian. And, and then go with that storyline, which... Red Sun, right? Yeah. Nemesis. I'll take a millionaire who's a vigilante and make him a bad guy. You haven't finished Nemesis yet, have you? No, I, I haven't even started it, dude. Have you not been hearing me? I hate the alarm. <laughs> I recommend so many good things to you. And I, I know I recommended both of those okay, at one point or another. But I, it's it's just the audacity that he thinks I'm going to buy this over and over again that I just can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, so the first, uh, the first buff of 
I'm just going to cut this out because I am totally fried. Dude, right I can't now. What are your words? Two hours. Mean? Two hours. Two hours and eleven Christ. minutes. dude. In the, seriously, the, two hours. The packs, my brain is is dying. Podcasts did not go this long. Not we even talked close. About all sorts of shit. So you gotta you gotta rein me in because when I start talking about Millar, it's, <laughs> I'm totally gonna egg you out with that shit too. No, don't don't do that.